Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the eighth episode of the Whiskey Sleuths podcast. I'm here with Grant and Sam. We don't have any guests this week because, well, just just, just wasn't season. worried about it. Turkey season. Turkey season. Yeah. Switched up the venues for today. Left my computer at home, so unfortunately, we're recording this from my couch. So you might hear some different background noises and stuff like that. It is my house. So. Yeah, a little bit different than the lodge, which is nice and secluded. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, we are recording this most of the way through our turkey season. We're just finishing up. We have one more group coming in. Had a really great season so far. It's been just been relaxed. I mean, it's, you know, turkey hunting is always turkey hunting. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But been just going strong. Just looking forward to getting getting these last groups done and to the summer we go. Yeah, only one more group of clients. I'm personally, I don't even do the turkey hunting. I got Sam and Bob, (laughs) and I'm already kind of just like, all right, turkey season can be gone. You know, when I got to the end of snow goose season, you know, I was kind of ready for a little bit of a change of pace somewhere, something where I can kind of relax a little bit, sit down, focus on one thing, as opposed to, you know, the constant hustle and bustle of waterfowl. So it was a nice change of pace, but I tell you what, I'm already, I'm I'm ready to start chasing them uh, the flying birds again yeah well like we were doing work the other day um cleaning decoys trailers moving stuff in and out of blinds that were staying there and we were all just like yep this is nice this is this is really nice like i just has me looking forward to waterfowl season already on them ducks yeah duck season cannot come back soon enough it's been it's been way too long and it's not even been that long. I mean, it's been a month no, since we help. Our last snow goose hunt was a month of a month ago today. Really? That's it? Yeah. Well, you didn't go, but my last snow goose hunt, Sam's last and Bob's last snow goose hunt was a month ago today. Oh, yeah, when you guys went on it. They shot 99. Should have been 100. Could have been 130 if you'd have came. Yeah. Well, <sighs> fuck, fuck them white geese. So I love them white geese. They're, they're, they're fun. But yeah, no, we're heading towards the summer. Um, first things first, we're headed back to Dallas. We're going to the Ducks Unlimited show in Fort Worth, Texas at the Texas Motor Speedway. We went there last year and it was all right. I mean, we weren't, we weren't overly pleased by it, but we're, we're willing to give it another shot. We had a lot of fun. We're going to go hang out with our friends at Mallard Bay and, uh, go hang out down there. We have our own booth, but we've got some friends going to be down there as well. And it'll be fun to get down yeah, I think it'll to be, Dallas. I think it'll be nicer knowing more people. Like last year, like we knew people, but like we were also still like working on who we wanted to work with. And like, yeah, like this year it's like, ah, we work with you guys. And like, we've made friendships with a lot of people that will be down there this time compared to previously. But Shit. Yeah. That was rough. Oh my shit. God. That's going to be loud. Now what, when's, that is May what fifth through the seventh. Uh, Dallas. five through seven. Yeah, five through seven is when when the show is. Yeah, <laughs> it starts Friday at like one, and then Saturday and Sunday are like nine to five. Yeah, I think so we're basically more. gonna be down there like a whole week mm-hmm. with move in and all that stuff. So yep, yep, I don't know what booth number we're gonna be yet, but we'll be 357? there. Three fifty-seven. I'm gonna get me a nice cot and go uh, set her up and Bucky's. I gotta try everything. Yeah, Bucky's. So Grant thinks it's overrated. Overrated. I think Bucky's is. I think it's all right. I think that. So we had a bad experience. We went down to the one right off the Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth, and the Bucky's had 
What it have? It had pulled pork. Well, it's. I. I'll say one thing. I. I. The food is overrated. Like the food. The atmosphere is good. There's a good that's atmosphere. That's a cool place to go to. Like it's a massive store. Like it has yeah. everything a gas station could possibly want, and then take it times ten. But like the actual food is not that great, in my opinion. So yeah, we go back to this pulled pork. We get this pulled pork, and you're expecting like a fatty fucking pulled pork sandwich, right? And I'll get we get these sandwiches, and I open mine up, and I open it and look at the sauce, and it's like you know you you pull your pork and you put it into the pan. It's like you just grabbed a finger pinch of pork and put it in the center of the sandwich. I mean, I'm talking couple ounces maybe of pork. Yeah, it was like more like bun than pork. You would take a bite, shot. and all you would taste was bun. And then on top of that, they really ran with that Carolina style barbecue sauce, which just didn't. It just didn't speak to me as much. Uh, you're going to have to get something other than pork next time. The jerky was good. I like the jerky. Bucky's jerky? Oh, yeah. they got. Like, I got those. What were they called? The the beaver chips? Oh, yeah. Those are good. Those little potato, basically they're fucking just, potato chips. Potato chips. <laughs> yeah, they were all right. Yeah, that, that was definitely better. I'd, I'd be interested to try their breakfast. I really would. I'll tell you. Won't compare to the trading post here. but Yeah, Fort Carney trading post is good. But anyways, so you say let's talk about you. You bet you never been been to Dallas before, have you? No, I have not. I haven't been to Texas. So you're gonna go experience the way of the Texans. First of all, what are you excited to eat down there? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything's bigger in Texas, right? Yeah. You know me, I got a pretty big appetite. I'll tell you what else is bigger. The fucking traffic jams. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> that absolutely to that. sucks. Texas traffic. So, Grant... <sighs> I suck at driving in big cities. Oh, no, no. He just sucks at driving. There's no big cities involved. He's just even worse in big cities. Grant is one of those drivers that if you're not doing the speed he wants you to be doing, he going to make sure you know that he's not happy about it. By that, I mean tailgating the absolute fuck out of you while you're driving. So now imagine him doing that in a big city in traffic where you have no idea when the next person's turning because you don't know where the turns are and having to slam on your brakes and then on top of that put Grant on a fucking five-lane freeway on each side. It was an it was an experience last year with him and we didn't get into an accident but there was multiple times where we slammed the brakes hard enough to where the seatbelts locked. Hey, Dallas-Fort Worth ain't ready for me in my driving no, again. No, that's because you ain't allowed to drive <laughs> when we go down there again. Yeah. No, especially not Bob either. Bob is not touching. He doesn't drive anywhere we drive. Bob is not touching the steering. Me and Sam will be driving in Dallas while we're down there. If Bob, if we take a road trip over two hours, Bob does not ever That's drive. True. I've never seen him drive anywhere we go longer than two That's to three true. hours away. So we got we got Dallas traffic, of course. We're going to go to a nice steakhouse while we're down there and go and get these boys. I went to a really nice steakhouse called Steak 44 when I was in Phoenix a couple weeks ago. And... Uh, got to get these boys a taste of a fine dining establishment so we're gonna go to a nice steakhouse sam needs to try whataburger and in and out yeah i gotta try both uncultured uncultured true so i went into that whole thing last year thinking whataburger was like the shit i mean was was shit and in and out was better and then having whataburger and in and out they're literally right next to each other at the at the speedway and so we had both of them we just hopped between the two for lunch and Chick-fil-A, too, but we have Chick-fil-A's in Lincoln and other places. But Whataburger, just, I don't know, man. I feel like the more I've had In-N-Out or the more it gets, the more In-N-Out starts becoming 
a franchise chain all over the United States, it just kind of has gone down in quality. I think just Whataburger is just plain, plain simply better, I think. I don't know. But we're also pretty basic burger guys. Like, we're pretty dang basic. Like, just give me bacon, cheese, and, and ketchup type I feel thing. like if yeah. you're from the Midwest, you're pretty basic in general. <laughs> yeah. Ain't, ain't, ain't a whole lot to say there on what, you know, Midwest cuisine. Yeah. Our cuisine is cold bush lights. Yeah. But, yeah. And anyway. some unseasoned burgers. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Chill there. As... We season our food enough. I mean, no, we're not from fucking Louisiana. I don't dump a whole bottle of Raging Cajun on my fucking chicken before I cook it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> well, either way. To each their own, Samuel. Either way. We got ducks coming up, though. We'll be there for that. Then after that, we kind of have the month of May pretty roughly planned out. Like, we're going to do some <laughs> turkey hunting on our own yeah, without got, clients. I want to try to kill a turkey on our river property on the plat. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I'm going to sure fucking try. I'll go out there a few mornings, and if I hear something or see something, it'll be a good morning. Yeah, but that's kind of the plan. Yeah, basically, we're going to try to fill our personal tags near the end, middle end of May. It's, uh, you know, it's. Do some fishing. It's about time. That's what I was about to say. Uh, It's it's about time. I'm getting there. I'm ready to start fishing. Yeah, it won't be long until me and Sam are crappie and walleye fishing doing some night fishing possibly here pretty soon when night fishing starts in the month of june is usually when that's pretty good so we'll probably be doing I've some gone of that once i got me a nice walleye that oh night. yeah i guess i was talking about night fishing in the other way not the spawn fishing uh, but sam yeah that'll be fun is a goal still to get a bunch of crappie and walleye yes for for... to get a bunch of crappie and walleye to cook for clients in the fall because who doesn't love a good fish fry yeah, we did that. What? What did we do? One or two groups? Two fish fries and both mm-hmm. times big. Almost, it was their favorite. The simple fish fry with some French fries and some shit like that. That shit went over better than some of the nice steak meals we cooked, just because people love fish. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, so yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. You know, we're talking about. I'd like to. I'd still like to buy a boat. I don't know if I'm gonna buy one. Had a whole truck fiasco. We'll not worry about that, but like to get a boat to fish out of yeah you sold one before. i sold my well my boat was kind of ski boat party boat fish boat it was like a kind of combination just to of do both. everything boat it's just kind of a piece of shit so maybe you and sam ought to go in on a boat together. well me and sam and bob talked about going in on a boat if we could find one we liked but hey, <coughs> i got my 12 foot john boat bob would sink that <laughs> boat you literally literally you and i you stepped on that boat and then i could put one leg in the boat and we were over the weight limit literally I mean, I'll leave the fishing to you guys. I don't. I I'm don't gonna. Do I. I think we'll, we might get a boat. We'll I'm see. only going fishing unless you're saying we're catching. I'm not well, going otherwise. We might not be catching, but we always sure can be drinking. Yeah, that's true. That's, so that's not fair. That's true. That's fun. Me and Grant got a lot of golf to play this summer. Yeah, I got a lot of game to work on. <laughs> a lot of game to work on. Hey, more lessons will get better. Yep. There but we go. Hunting wise, we're probably we're focusing on some properties that we have working on developing those um big thing we want to do is on our river property we really want to see some expansion there like you know we we have that flooded corn impoundment that we've built we have our really nice duck blind out there but we really want to keep developing it into being more of a hunting mecca and by that i think it starts with the flooded corn yeah we need to figure out a plan for the flooded corn like it's 
We just really haven't figured anything out yet. Problem we're running into is that the soil, it's obviously it's it's 10, 10 yards from the river channel. And it's in between the two river channels where the river once flowed. So the soil is very sandy. And so what happens is, is if you dig more than five or six inches off the topsoil that the, the crops grow in, once you dig down below that, you're in straight sand. And if you're not at the water table in said sand, then you're not you're not in business. You, your no. water just drains right out. It's like pouring water through sand. No. So no. the problem we're running into is do we dig that whole pond all the way down at 18 inches or 10? Nah, maybe not 18. Maybe like 8 to 15 inches, somewhere in there, depending on the water table, to the water table so that we have a groundwater pond down there. Yeah. And then it it wouldn't freeze. It'd be groundwater. It'd just be a lot. But it would be very deep. And it'd it, be a lot harder to grow stuff. Yes. Oh, it would almost be impossible. Like right now, you could still go out there and grow corn, yeah, millet, it'd be whatever you wanted to grow to stuff down there. That that was the big problem we're running into is how do we how do we structure that land to where it provides us the best utility? You almost need to set like some type of clay or bentonite or something in there if you're wanting to trying to get stuff to plan or anything like so that. i did some looking into bent <clears throat> now maybe maybe i looked at the wrong did the wrong estimating here but from the estimating i found from general google searches and about 30 minutes of research it cost us upwards of sixty thousand dollars to bent night that acre of land yeah that's a lot i now, can plant corn for that i'm i'm no I'm no bent night guy, which to me sixty grand seems high. But I've been wrong before. Truth is, though, we I loved if we could bent night it, that'd be the deal. Because right now it's perfect. I mean, once it, when the flooded corn is full, you're talking eighteen inches at the deepest part, probably, well, and even, the sh- shallowest parts like five or six inches. Even where we're at right now, though, you could still run an ice eater in it, though, be through that little channel that we kind of designed yeah you can run that ice eater and the ice eater works great you just have to let it run overnight it's well or you just run the well overnight too because that groundwater stays warm but the 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 bigger problem is 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 with with it being flooded like that you have to run the well two once every two days to keep enough huntable water in there and running a well once every two days overnight is cost you like three or four grand a month so it's like you know, it's like the cost perspective. It's how much are we using that land versus how much are we running that well? How much money are we taking and spending on this on this flooded corn and what's it providing for us? And so we're trying to just kind of explore those options to really maximize the potential of that property. Another big thing we're doing is our own river blind, the big blind out there, as everyone, I guess it is just the big blind. It's, it's yeah. in such good condition right now. I just want to innovate on it. I'd like to find some, make some shell racks. You know what I mean? Maybe like some, get some of those gun racks yeah. like we have in our pits out there. Just some stuff like that. Need to, to move the blackstone out there. Yeah, we got to get the blackstone. We got to hold. Well, we got to take the blackstone from my house and get it all seasoned and cleaned up and ready, and then get a new cover for it and get that out there. That'll be fun. I can't wait to be able to cook breakfast think, on the blackstone. Uh, yeah, I think the other thing Bob wants to do out there this year, he's talked about wanting to do, is maybe like one of those semi-permanent hog panel A-frames on the flooded corn in the yeah, trees. Yeah, yeah. So like that, because like that during the season was a pain in the butt when it trying was trying to set up. A-frames if it wasn't there. frozen mm-hmm. and you couldn't drive all the way up to the flooded corn, 
it absolutely sucked. That and then we talked about seriously going and buying like, (laughs) you know those those like garden sheds you can buy at Menards for like four hundred bucks. Yeah. Those like five foot by five foot or eight foot by eight foot garden sheds. Go on and plopping one of those somewhere around the property to keep the decoys for the flooded corn in it, so you don't have to try to drive a trailer down there when it's when it's all muddy and dirty, and you get your truck stuck. Well, that wasn't even that that big of a deal. It was the A frames that sucked those heavy A frames. We like, <laughs> talked about a way to keep our stuff out there yeah. because then, like, you could just fold it up and take it out. You know, at the end of the year, yeah. when you take all your stuff back. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be that hard to just drive the Polaris full of decoys though, too. I guess we did buy a new Polaris that. I kind of forgot about that. That makes things a lot more streamlined. We That and then with our river blind, we want to, you know, we actually, for all of those of you who have hunted out of the river blind, you know there's shooting windows out of the north side and the south side of the blind. Well, believe it or not, we never used the north side or the south, south. The setup for a south wind. South wind facing north side of the blind. We never used those windows. We never hunted that once. And because uh, the south side always had the best water and the ducks didn't care to land over the blind. So we always chose that route, but we'd like to look at, you know, how to adjust that blind to where shooting out of that north side allows for us to fully get after him. Either that or we talked up. about just straight closing the north, <laughs> closing off the north side and storage and, you know, getting some hangers and stuff put up there so you can get all your... All yeah. your stuff organized, some flag holders, and some, some yeah. stuff for some pans and pots. I also think, too, though... Uh, the water with, situation with, was different. Yeah, the water situation with the drought made things pretty tough. I mean, just like you said, there really wasn't any water on that north side. and It seems like this year, as far as the snowpack and everything out west, it seems like conditions are looking a little bit better going into this year, but... A lot of it's going to have to do with, are we actually going to get some goddamn rain this summer? Yeah. I, rain. I, was mm. it rain in the forecast for this Friday? 60% chance. We'll take anything we can get. We need, yeah. I mean, you're probably talking, we need probably, I'll bet, I'll bet we need it to rain four or five inches in like two or three days to refill the shit the way it needs to be Quarter refilled. Quarter inch projected for Friday. Quarter inch, yeah, that ain't gonna do much. I don't want to like say this, like, because it was terrible, but I wouldn't be opposed to having something like a year where it was like 2019, where everything had water. Platte River flooded. flooded, everything fell apart. Yeah, basically. So 2019's flood was actually kind of caused in right. part by snowpack. Yeah, the was, river yeah. ran got got running so fast because of all the snowpack that it couldn't keep up with itself well, it and got it like a, that and a, a foot the, of rain in like 24 hours that and all the ice jams everywhere because i mean it was shortly after it was yeah, pretty that, damn cold I and mean, the rain dams and the were breaking farmers were losing cattle by no means do we want any of the, <laughs> no, no anything happened to no catastrophical there. floods no but a nice semi-good flood <laughs> We could just we just like a foot of rain. How about that? Yeah, no, there you go. I'd take that over the throughout the course of the summer, all day long. Foot of rain. Hell, if we got four or five inches in the middle of July, four or five inches in a day. Remember what was it? It been. It was when we were building the blind. Sometime. No, it had been. It had been. Twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen, four or five years ago, maybe six years ago. I guess six years ago was 16. Five years ago, there was that rain that came in August, and it rained like three inches in a day. And all the marshes, they weren't like full, but all the marshes had water. All the ponds 
filled back up. Man, I tell you what, if we don't get any rain here soon this summer, I'm going to end up being like one of them farmers that goes to a gas station with all of his buddies and bitches about the rain, (laughs) drinking my coffee. You'll find me there. Catch Sam at the trading post every morning with Catch the farmer. Catch me at the trading post with the farmer. <laughs> God. Yeah. We just need, if we if we don't get some rain, basically what you do, what, so what you do in this industry when you don't have rain is you have to use wells to flood properties to hunt ducks, which is extremely expensive. And if we don't get some rain until the river season opens, we might not, there there might not be an early duck season from us here at Whiskey Sloughs for a, uh, for clients at least i know we we've been kind of kicking around the idea of we ran in october last year and we did okay with the drought but it was tough i mean it was like we we'd scout you'd scout an entire day for the hunt the next day and then that hunt the next day you'd scout you'd find a farm pond with 50 to or 150 250 ducks on it and you're thinking oh sure five guys we ought to be able to kill 10 or 20 ducks out of this if not a limit and then you go out there and then five ducks come back and it's just like you're doing everything you can and sometimes the birds just you know the migration they're just unpredictable and without having those big masses of water to hold the mass mass congregations it's like hunting goose feeds sometimes the geese come back sometimes they don't well not only that but like even just the water itself it's like a chain of effects because there goes all the food i mean all the vegetation i mean there was no real good vegetation buffer even this last year i mean you were hard pressed to even find good standing smart weed or you know even just cattails cattails were dry this year Mm -hmm. Uh, you you name it you're not only vegetation for the ducks but even cover for us yeah you would not believe how hard grant looked for blue stem for our layout or for our a-frames i know where there's a ton of it now he called he was calling farmers saying Hey, y'all, can I go cut your blue stem? I'm very particular about my A-frames, and, like, I want big blue stem on them so I don't have to grass them every single day. I was telling Sam when we were run brushing the A-frames, what was it, two days ago? Yeah. I said, next year, I'm buying, like, 10 of those damn barrels from Ace or just on Facebook cheap, and I am cutting enough grass to where I don't have to cut grass the rest of the season. I'll just keep them in my own damn garage, and we'll just throw them in the trailer whenever the A-frames are looking a little homely. <laughs> just just cut a ton of grass rather than going out and cutting four different truckloads of grass throughout the year. Just do yeah. it all at once. Yeah. That was that, yeah, That'll be fun. And so, yeah, yeah, so with the property, doing all that, all the land. Me and Sam took on a project today, and it's going to become a project for the summer. Well, for the next couple of weeks, we're fixing all of our motion decoys. We had a lot of motion decoys this year, and we had a lot of them. We bought a bunch. We had just a bunch of mojos lying around that we never used, and then we had a bunch of Lucky Duck uh, HDs and, and Lucky Junior spinners. And we're very hard on stuff, so like we never used them though. Like the Lucky HDs and the the Juniors that we had, we just never used them because we never needed to. But this year we were talking about how we want to hunt more cornfields, so we want to get some more spinners for mallards, and. Um, me and Sam got to play electrician today trying to diagnose which spinners worked and why they didn't work so we can order the replacement parts for them. And, man, is that fun. I touched two, two of the uh, a motor. 
I touched a motor to the battery and the, the, the motor wire started getting really hot and the motor started spinning it like mock Jesus. Cause it was a six, it was the motor was supposed to be ran off the double a batteries and I plugged it into a lithium six volt from our HDI and <laughs> started running it like mock Jesus and get all hot and, I think I up. think another good project. I think the one I think I'm gonna be most excited for, like to see as far as like non hunting related, is uh, in the lodge putting the lockers in the lodge building. Yes, like, yes. Like we're gonna in the lodge. If you've been to the lodge right now, it's just like the whole entire wall is just nothing but coat hangers. Like you can hang stuff, waiters, well, all we that. We used stuff. to keep a bunch of decoys there, and then we got a better. Uh, we found a better solution for all of that. So. Yeah, but like. Next year, having like 10, 12 lockers all on that wall will be so much nicer and way easier and way more organized. I mean, because right now it's just like chaos. Like it almost turned into like our own (laughs) personal locker. Uh, Yeah. Well, we did have our own personal lockers there because we do keep a lot of our stuff there. And so basically what's going to (coughs) happen is it's going (coughs) to, sorry, it's going to try to be a 14 locker system so the six of us that work here and then the eight clients that are that up to eight clients that come in can all have their own locker and then we talked about ways of getting some name plates like little those little chalk name plates that you can write on i'm talking about yeah something like that write each client's name and give them a locker so they say hey this is my locker and then at the end of the client group, you just erase it and write the new group up. Yeah. But it's a way for us to keep everything organized and really just up our experience for our clients. Give them a nice, clean, good-looking area. Put some carpet down in the garage on that side for the lockers are so you could walk carpet after you take your boots off, get your boots on the dryer, walk the carpet inside into the house. It's going to be it's yeah, going to be really fun. Be nicer than the cold garage floor sometimes <laughs> no we have the carpet down by the well yeah we but some like carpet i was saying down. like if you like wanted to walk anywhere besides around the freezer and just the main hanger yeah you're walking you're on the walking cold, cold floor if you don't have like some house yeah. shoes or that and then we also we got a quite a few mounts coming back yeah a bunch of new mounts coming back from got a, taxidermist for the lodge too i forgot about those yeah we uh, have a speckle belly from arkansas uh pintail from arkansas um, yeah. We have a mallard from the first ever mallard limit ever shot on our river property. Um, what else we got? We got uh, a well, we got spec. A, yeah, we have a banded speckle belly from from the river property. First band on the river, and, um, then, and then we, uh, have that, we also have that banded mallard too. That banded mallard, the first band we shot this year. The blue, and then we have that blue. We have a blue goose. Oh, I forgot about the blue. The goose. blue, it's like a. Oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like I, a snow blue hybrid type of thing. I, it, it, yeah, it's it was weird. It was like all white. The entire the bottom blue. of the blue was white. The neck was white. Everything was white. And then on the back of the blue, there was just a little bit of that dark blue color feathers. Like the, those like grayish. Yeah, grayish blue. It was like speckled in. It was almost like a. I did see a couple birds on Facebook this year that actually looked like that. Yeah, it was almost like a freaking digital camo or something yeah. on the bird. Yeah, that and it was like a nice adult. It had a bunch of rust on its front face. Looking at the picture now, but like, yeah, yeah, it was like well, we shot that bird instead of shooting into a giant flock. Yeah. That <laughs> bird came in that one day, and we it had was a, leading a, a good buddy version. Matt Wolf was down filming for us and doing some filming and just hunting with us, hanging out. So he luckily got it on camera, and 
that blue came all the way in leading a flock of oh i mean four or five hundred and we had a nice turn starting up and i got that blue and i was like he got all the way down to i don't know i'll bet 25 20 yards and i looked up and i was like i thought it was a juvie at first and then i'm like wait a second that ain't no juvie. I saw all the white on it, but then I could see the, the wings, and I knew it was a blue because the wings were dark. And I'm like, wait a second. That's a fucking, that's like a, we- I ain't never seen that before. So I was like, hey, y'all, fuck, kill that one right there first. And there, everyone was like, whoa, whoa, what? That's like the first Sam time. Sam shot ever. it, and everyone was like, why did we, why did we? And then I'm like, did y'all see that bird? And we went and got it, and we were, you know, blind exploded, and everyone was like, that's yeah, fucking I, awesome. I, I saw it too, so when you called the shot, it was like, I'm Sam. Sam killed that bird before I even had my gun up out of the pit, <laughs> which is usually and the opposite. Me and Sam are the two fastest shooters of the group. Me and Sam, I mean, I'll call the shot, and my gun usually. I'm I'm usually standing up to shoot. Out. I'm like saying, "Shoot him, guys!" As I'm standing up, so normally my gun's the first, if not close to the first, going off. Sam, but he was he was packing. Yeah. <laughs> So those are going to be fun. We got all sorts of different cool mounts put together on those. I, well, we already how, got pictures on some of them already. How did we do the banded mallard? Uh, I haven't decided yet. Just whenever I, whenever okay. it's close to being done. I know that the mallard that um, I got actually... I, so I actually, I don't know if I told you guys this. Do you remember um, been two years ago? When Garrett came out and filmed the first photos for us, mm-hmm. do you remember that one photo he got of that hen mallard? Turning its head? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you had the mallard done like? Yeah. Trying to find the photo. That'll be cool. I think you got to do something with uh, that keeps the band pretty noticeable on the mallard, whether it's something standing and put it on a counter or somewhere, but like yeah. you can put it on the display case maybe. Yeah. That oh yeah that's yeah i told him i was like give me that getting all of our birds done by jason at braided river taxidermy i guess well we have one bird up at crystals yeah and then at clearwater i still have two brant i have a couple brant up at crystals no they're not with crystal they're in omaha oh they're in omaha they with emily yeah anyways we've been been working with a couple companies but mainly we've been getting all of our birds done by jason been doing some great work for us and man he's quick his turnaround time, well, that's it's like his hobby, though. It's not like he takes yeah, he's in an agronomist in the summer. It's not like he takes in 150 birds like some of these guys do, and so he can get to them and he does them all in the summer, so he's not doing it. During he does them all in the winter season. or winter, yeah. So the he's winter. not doing it in the summer. Like when we he sent works. him that, we gave him our banded spec and like the birds from Fuck. Arkansas, February 9th, literally the la- last. No, we gave him the next day after the last day of goose season, we gave him the banded spec. February 10th and I mean he sent me a picture of it already mounted like two weeks ago and just needed to get dried up and finished and do all the finishing touches on it I mean he's he's quick and it looks good yeah it does he looks good we are super excited to get those back and get all those hung up in the wall you ever gonna find your spec too I'm pretty sure it is still in that same barn that I told you in that same cardboard box that I told you about for however long oh you need to go find that thing and yeah. we'd have two bandit specs in the lodge. Yeah. Yeah, Actually. well, my spec I just got back is staying at my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't blame you there. Then we have, you know, this summer is going to be a lot of what you don't see in a guide service. 
it's going to be a lot of just labor intensive work. So I'm sure you guys know this as being hunters, shit gets used. Well, in a guide service, when you're hunting every day, shit gets used even harder. So a lot of our stuff, like our heaters, all of our decoys are covered in dust and mud and dirt and grime and filth. Even our decoy bags are just filthy. Yeah. So our seed bag, everything we have is just dirty because that's what happens when you hunt that much. So our summer is going to be filled with a lot of cleaning all that shit up, getting it working again, <laughs> getting Bob a pressure washer, letting him stand out in his yard all day spraying decoys. You know, you know, it cracks me up. You know, a lot of people ask me. I guess it shouldn't really crack me up because they a lot of people just don't get it. But you know, I get asked the question all the time. So hunting season's over. You can do something else, or what's going on? I said, no, this is a full-time operation. I said, we got plenty of stuff to do this summer, whether it's talking to landowners, whether it's land management, whether it's rebuilding blinds, you know, maintenance of decoys, fixing a lot of broken shit, a lot of broken shit yeah, this season. I mean... Going to shows, I mean, you shows, name it. blinds. The blinds are the big part. I mean, getting the new pits and fixing our river blind. Hyde's, net, Hyde's always going to be your number one priority. Mm-hmm. And then second right behind that's having your decoys look good, look clean, and having everything you have work like it's supposed to. Which, when you have 3,500, 4,000 decoys, it takes a little bit of time to get all that run the way it's supposed to. And um, got some other fun stuff planned for the summer some uh possible couple events just uh, a lot of good things going on but we're going to delta again yeah delta we're going to delta going to the for Rogers sure show and going to uh, oh yeah our, yeah rogers too we're gonna go to the rogers show and hang out with final approach and north dakota of course don't forget oh, don't forget that right before season starts kind of get us in the groove little one last little fun ordeal before we get to business back home yep yep so that's gonna be really fun and you know, mainly looking forward to kind of that break period, though. I and I shouldn't say break. It's just in the fall you're running eighty hours a week. In the spring, you're running sixty hours a week. But in the summer, you're only running thirty to forty. So in the summer, you're back to just a regular full time. It feels job. like it's vacation. It, but it should, yeah. yeah, it feels like vacation. You Truth know, is, though, it's the way it's spread out. Like you don't wake up and work from eight to five. You might wake up and work one day. You only work four hours, but one day you'll be going all day. Yeah, the biggest thing is for me personally is just catching back up on sleep, letting my body get that, get rejuvenated, and kind of get get back to where it needs to be. But yeah, it'll be nice getting out, you know, doing some fishing, doing some other things. Uh, probably spending some time with some family, too, will be nice getting to do that. Just be around more. Be more available for things. I said it once, I'll say it again. Just about getting that golf score low. Yeah, you got plenty of work to do. Plenty. Uh, better than it was last year. Yeah, well, I hope it continues that way. Well, you better see improvement. Hey, we got golf league, too. Yeah, golf league this year. Oh lord! He I... said that like you were terrified. Hell, I just don't know. I'm how pretty sure. By shoot. the way, our other golf league we were in, I'm pretty sure we have a couple checks to go pick up. Yeah, we... they called me one day. Oh, they called you, and they were like, "Hey, I think we got a couple things here for you." So, well, maybe we we might we might decent. as mad as he thinks we were, we might have been in the money. We kind of might have sandbagged a little bit, but 
Well, not intentionally. I just suck. I'm just inconsistent. So it kind of looks like we were sandbagging probably a couple times. But there's a time where we would throw up like four under, five under a round on a golf simulator, and then it'd be like, ah, oh, plus six this week. And it's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, Samuel, fishing. Where, not where, but what are you most excited for? The walleyes? Is it the crappie spawn? You excited for the bass fishing? Um, me personally, I do a lot of bass fishing. I, I like to walleye fish a ton, but um, I'm sure at some point I'm going to probably take a trip out west and do some fishing. I typically try and do that once a year. And go, Where are you going out west? Well, Talking most about of Valentine? Time, usually I go to Valentine and they killed off a lot of those lakes with Rote Known, but might go out to Merritt. Um, just really depends. We talked got, about taking a, like a... a company vacation up to Merritt going up there me and grant we're gonna go play a golf course and you guys we'd get to go do some fishing at Merritt. i'd love to take bob on a camping trip oh boy could you imagine how fun that would be all of our food rations would be gone right away in grant the would day. not grant would hate it he'd be like my cell phone doesn't work up here i won't be able to take calls my I phone doesn't work do. i can't scroll on twitter there's no point in texting and driving no, yeah, I, I can't even text to drive. Life is pointless. Life is pointless. That, yeah, I'd love. We talk about doing something like that. I'm ready to go. I didn't fish at all last year, like literally at all. I think I went, I went walleye fishing two times. I went crappie fishing once, and I went bass fishing like four times the entire summer. Last year we were crazy busy though. Yeah, Sam wasn't. Sam was. But you still. Still, I was working with the game in parks. You're still spraying, you know, Smokey the Bear, putting out forests and side by side fires. Oh yeah, having time. Starting fires, putting out fires. So cut, cutting trees. Make a connection for me here. Then you, we gave you the spotlight for a second. Tell us, tell me, tell us. You got to build some wetlands, right? You did get to help design wetlands, waterfowl habitat. So. You know, we're looking at acquiring some different waterfowl. We have a few options for some waterfowl wetlands and habitat where we have some wells and stuff to work with. And um, so we're going and getting something like that. What what would you want us to do? How do you how would you want to get that property managed with your knowledge in that industry? The biggest thing is gonna be what the soil is like. I mean, just like we talked about with our own property, you get something where you're in where you're getting the sand. I mean, you're running into some issues. You, you get you get into that, but, <clears throat> I mean, you're also looking at vegetation as well. Does, does the area have a bunch of invasive species already in place that are going to take it over? I mean, I could, I could get really in-depth into it, but the um, biggest thing you're just looking for is somewhere where, you know, it's not overgrown. The invasives, like I just talked about, the soil type, and there's a lot of different things to look at, but, I mean, you can make it as simple as you want, too, but... Well, you know, Bob's got that cattail cutter. He cut about anything down. Yeah, I mean, that's true, <laughs> but, you know, stuff's going to come back. Yeah. Stuff's going to come back. Yeah. So then, <laughs> you guys are trailing off into, yep, yep. <laughs> Oh man! So you got this all going. You, you know, we want to have marshland. 
you said you don't want to have standing weeds. Well, you want to know, you want to be careful as to what standing weeds you have out there. So I'm peeling your onion back just a little bit here. Smart weed, that's good. Cattails, not as good. But not good. there's some legalities there behind cutting cattails. There, there are some legalities too. Um, I mean, you could look into options too, like getting uh, aquatic type sprays that you could put on to knock them back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even like grasses, like reed canary grass, when you get stuff like that, you're, dude, you're knocking, you're knocking plants out. You're knocking other. You know, duck forage, you want plenty of duck forage. I mean, you, we need, like I said, we're talking about pink smartweed. You're just getting, now you're just getting me on all these Yeah, plants. exactly. I was trying to unlock what, a little that, bit of a, that a wildlife sh- biology spiel from what, you. What's that shit that's like grows along a lot of canals and like waterways? It looks like. Duckweed? No, it's it's an invasive. It, uh, it looks like almost like fucking asparagus. It's like... Water plantain? That might be it. I don't know. It that's just, not invasive. Well, it's it, something that's invasive. That's I don't know what it was. I used, I used to spray for it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. One wildlife major to the other. Hey, I didn't really do much with plants, so <laughs> <laughs> that just count me out on that. I did what I had to. So, all right, Grant. So you, you and Sam, you both did wildlife. You worked for the NRD. Sam worked for the game parks. Y'all both worked for the government. Now, yeah. now you're doing something completely different. Your degrees are, are being put to use in a podcast now. <laughs> something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do today? How would you use your degree? Well, I was on this podcast. <laughs> you know, the thing is still, though, like, it all meshes together for me anyways, being so wildlife-minded. I think it works really well with the clients. I mean, hell, there's been times where... You know, like you hit a lull period or something. I've been with shit. I don't remember what group of clients it was. Do you remember when I was walking around? Grant, I think you were with me when I was oh, walking yeah, around I know with one of the clients, and about. he was he was ripping off plants. And hey, what's this one? What's this? One? You know, really trying, trying to stump me. And we set up things. It took way it was super quick to set up, and it was just like, well, we'll just wait on the birds. And just walking around the river, <laughs> just guy quizzing Sam and I on what plants they were. I was just like, I don't know. It looks I don't like some type of moss. Like, <laughs> that he, was my answer. He'd pull a, pull, a, pull a plant up and be like, well, that one's a green plant. That <laughs> yeah. one's a brown plant. I was just like, well, it looks like some kind of moss. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, I mean, even like behavioral patterns of animals. Like you learn a lot of general logistics about animals. You know, I got to take <laughs> classes like ornithology, bird biology, ichthyology, fish biology. You know, Hold on here. Back up. Uh, ich. Theology? Ichthyology. That's fisheries biology. That's fisheries biology. That's yes. called ichthyology. Ichthyology. <laughs> I learned something today. Well, you sure did. No, I you? did. That's fucking funny. <laughs> I didn't take any of those type of classes. Yeah. So, so all right, I'm uh, we're I'm I'm a we're nerding Sam right now, so I'm gonna step Sam away from from nerding out too much. You don't need to get his <laughs> wildlife boner going too far here, but. Samuel, I'll pick your other brain here. Your duck hunting, obviously, your duck season's coming. We have a lot of prep to get ready. What's your, what's the prep that you are the most excited for? Man, for me, personally, I like to, like, I, I'll, I'll like to go, when I can, go with Bob and look at different land. 
and the land prospecting. So that's what you're the, the land for. prospect of things is always really fun. Never because knows. when I, I don't know about you guys, but when I go somewhere new, I get on a new property, I'm visualizing what it would be like. Never know where you're going to end up with Bob upon a drive. I, that's true. That's very true. Uh, guys, I'm in Kansas. Yeah. You never know. Can we I'm drive looking down forward here? to that. Yeah, no, it's that's going to be fun. Now, least excited. <laughs> least excited. Um, I think a lot of it's just figuring out what's broken, what's not. Yeah, yesterday Sam got to count snow socks. He got to go through and count how many backbones, how many sock bodies, and how many stakes we all have from our broken socks. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a blast. It was. But, honestly, think about it, like, Again, what's the worst part of your day? What's the worst part of your summer? Man, I had to go look at duck decoys. Yeah, I mean, and again, too, it's like, I'm not on a task to where it's like, you need this done by this time. It's like, I'm working at my own pace. Yeah. No one's watching over me. Like, it's nice. It's not like a regular nine to five. It's definitely i'm not complaining about it at all you know no i was just thinking about it the other day how like i mean every day is literally what i make of it now granted to be a a business owner like me and like grant and like like justin like sam you have to be able to know how to handle your day that is one thing that i think a lot of small businesses fail to do in their first few years and that is why they fail is because you wake up and you don't have someone saying, you need to go work. You need to go out and about. You need to go do this. You just, you're like, man, I don't got nothing to do today. Everybody could take a page out of Bob's book about how to run a business. That man never will sit down yeah. and do anything. Justin is like he's the, almost- hardest, the, the hardest working person in the entire fucking world I've ever met. Like he, you can't even get him to sit down and just be like, "Hey, Bob, just sit down and take a damn break." Like, like, calm down. <laughs> go, go play some games or something. You know, go relax. You need to just stop. But I mean, it's because the man cares so much about what he's doing. He'll wake up every morning. So, like me, I'm not a big, big early morning worker. I'll wake up at seven or eight, have some breakfast, just kind of meander my way to my office and check my emails, start my day, go over my analytics. But I don't do that till eight or nine o'clock, eight thirty, sometimes even later than that. And <clears throat> Bob, on the other hand, he'll be up at six thirty. He'll be like, he'll be he'll be out at seven, out the door, and he'll be gone all day unless we call him to go do something. He'll Until be tell the damn sun goes yeah, down. He'll doing just be something. going talking to people, talking to landowners, working on blinds, just anything he can do, because the man has that much drive in him. And that that is something that I tell a lot of people that you should try to chase after if you want to run your own business. You have to wake up hungry. Every single day you have to go, what can I do that can better improve this company? Never once should you, well, sometimes you can take a good break, but like never once should you wake up and go, man, I really got to do this today, but man, I'd much rather go play golf or go fishing or whatever, and you just completely skip over your tasks. I Don't, don't get me wrong. We're all going to do that this summer. We're all going to get our work done first and fish when we can. That's the big thing is managing your time for your business when you are your own boss. That's the toughest part about starting a small business. And honestly, that's the toughest part about starting a business with your friends is because you have people like Justin who will work literally. He'll go out 10 hours every single day, 80 hours a week, 
even in the summertime, he'll still go do that. Whereas me, I'll do 40 because I just, I do what I need to do and I work at a different pace. And at the end of the day, we know we all kind of work different hours. Grant's job's different. Grant, Grant doesn't get to go. He doesn't have a job to do the entire day all the day because you can only talk to so many clients in a day before you don't have any more to talk to. You know what I mean? You can only do so much work until he has to go help somebody else or join in or do a different task. And so we all structure our days differently, but that's kind of how you can run into some, some drama, some problems is yeah. making sure that everybody is understanding, you know, well, people have different work styles and different jobs take different approaches. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's different. Like owning a business completely and working for somebody like yeah. just hand down. I mean, there's just different dynamics throughout every one of us and what we need to get done, what we're doing on an everyday basis. You know, it's, it's not cut and dry. Nothing's cut and dry in this industry. I mean, it depends on the season. It depends on the day. It depends on the weather. Yeah. You know, approval yeah. of things, you name it. Everything's different. Yep, for sure. No. It's, I'll say it once. Sam said it once. I mean, say it again, though. The pressure behind it, all the stuff, knowing that if you fail, you're fucked. I'd still, if everything failed, I'd still try to do it all again. This, I mean, this seriously, this life that we're fortunate enough to live is, is unbeatable. Being able to make the day what you make of it and take this much pride in what you love. Yeah. Tell a lot of people, if you got a dream like that, you should go chase it. Yeah. I think that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. Very good way to end it. Yeah. We got to get going here. But, uh, yeah. Yep. Anything else from y'all? Closing arguments. No, we're going to have a guest on next week, though, so stay tuned for we'll that. We'll have a guest next week. Going to be, uh, I got, well, me and Grant got a golf match to go catch, speaking of golf. So. Yep. But, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning into the episode, and uh, take care. If you want to go ahead and check us out on Facebook and Instagram, it's at Whiskey Slews. If you want to uh, look into booking a hunt or talk to Grant about some more information, you can reach him at 308-830-3817. Uh, without anything else, y'all have a good one. Yep. See yep. Catch y'all later.